Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ole Speaks podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Dan, coming to you for episode 167. If you want to listen to this one as well as previous episodes, feel free to like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to give us a nice five-star rating and a review because as the old algorithm goes, the more ratings you get, the better ratings you get the more people will notice you. So as always, we've got some things to discuss going into the weekend on our new midweek episode. So let me bring in here, Sam LaPresti. Hello, Sam. I'm just hoping to avoid what happened the last time we came to this stadium. (laughs) Well, can't get much worse. Yeah. At least we know. There won't be any points penalties, and that should give you a pretty good clue as to who Juventus will be playing next. We've got Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Hey, um, I have very voluntarily forgotten what happened last time that we visited the stadium, so I have no idea what happened. I have no uh, I mean, did anything happen? <laughs> you want me to remind you? No, no, no. Okay. no. I have the feeling it's not good, so no. That's, yeah, it was not good. <laughs> Uh, both on and off the field it was it was not good it was in fact verging on bad that's right that's right well we've got some things to talk about thankfully none of them are points penalties uh, that should give you a pretty good hit as to who juventus is playing this weekend so before we get to that uh message here from the fans for sports network attention sports fans are you a fan of an nfl team would you love to attend your favorite team's week one game well everybody you're in luck the fans first sports network is giving away four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice up to a $5,000 value. The rules to enter are simple. Go to contest.fansforsports.com and fill out the appropriate information. That's it. That's all you have to do. Once you've done that, you've been officially registered to win the four free tickets to any NFL game of your choice. What are you waiting for? Go to enter for your shot at seeing your favorite team in action. The contest ends on September 4th. So now that we have said that, we will say that Juventus, coming off a relatively disappointing 1-1 draw against Bologna in the home opener, head to a place that Chucks and probably most Juventus fans don't want to remember for what happened there last season, and that is good old Empoli And Sam, shall we remind Chucks about what happened last time Juve went to Empoli, or shall we just gloss over it like he has selected to do and talk about this season's matchup? Let's go for the latter there. I'm (laughs) I'm really, that's not one that I wanted to revisit. I I took a long time writing that recap because I just didn't want to go back to it. Yes. Yes. I think, I think all of us took a little bit longer to write our stuff that day. Obviously Juventus, a mixed bag in terms of the first two games of the season, as we've been talking about the last week or so. Three nothing win to start against Udinese, one one draw against Bologna. Two very different first halves, kind of two different second halves, albeit two very different contexts for said second halves. So as Juventus goes into this game against Empoli, the last game before the first international break of the season, how are we feeling, gentlemen? Feeling like there's no excuses in this one. (laughs) Like, there is no reason for us to not come out of this with the result that that, that we need. 
just to remind everybody, I believe Empoli is the only Serie A team that has been eliminated from the Coppa Italia so far this year. (laughs) And when, let's just say, when it is August and you can say that, yeah, it's not good. Uh, They, they, they blew a one nil lead over against Cittadella the week before the the league season started. So you know, Serie B has its uh, has its upset, and then two just really, really dire games for them to start the year. You know, they lost to Hellas Verona one nil. Uh, Monza beat them on Saturday two nil. It's this is a team that is in bad shape right now. You know, this is a team that is running a 36-year-old Chicho Caputo out there as their starting striker. <laughs> you know, there, they, there is the the one thing that is interesting about, about Empoli is Tommaso Baldanzi, because I've seen us associated with him a couple times. You know, he's an attacking midfielder that that's attracting some attention for the way he played last year. But you know this is a this is an Empoli team that was in the relegation race last year, and a team that we just don't have an excuse for not beating. They have to go in and they have to take care of business. That's really all that you that can be said about this. Because if they don't, man, I mean, it, it's just the outlook on the season will go from from quite high after that Udinese game to really down in the dumps very, very quickly. Yeah, and indeed. Um, thankfully, Empoli is in pretty bad shape. But, you know, and this is this is such a terrible cliche, but, um, you know, in football, I mean, every game is just a new, it's a new game. Every game starts nil-nil. It's a reset. And the fans will remember what the last time that Juve came to the stadium, what happened. And, you know, they won't care about the team's form so far. They'll really, they'll be feeling it pretty well just, you know, just to capitalize on the, or or not to capitalize, even to repeat history there. And it's also the perfect time for Empoli to, you know, reverse their poor form at the start of the season in, you know, in a game where last time it was, it went so well for them. So I do kind of, uh, I do fear those kind of intangible kind of, factors play here that you know okay on paper this really should be like you said no excuses you know absolutely agree but those intangible things in that unfortunately play uh quite a large role in football might be there to kind of uh by Juventus in the backside but no I mean I think this all in all really should be a I won't say an easy game but it should be a yeah a simple victory I guess um, a one nil, two nil victory, but uh, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't expect it to be that way because hey, whenever I make a prediction, it it doesn't really come off <laughs> that way. That's why you don't make predictions, right? Uh, very much so. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, the hope is that Juventus comes out and and does Empoli as they did Udinese, at least for the most part, rather than falling behind one nothing to a, a team that lost pretty pretty badly the week before as. Bologna did to Milan previous or the, the opening season, I should say. And uh, obviously, as, as Sam mentioned, Empoli are coming off a 2 nothing loss to Monza, which I don't know, last time I checked, aren't exactly uh, Serie A giants by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, I mean, the, the last thing, and we, we say it 
seemingly against every team that will either be around the relegation zone, in the relegation zone, or bottom half of the table. The last thing you want is for Juventus to mess around and even risk dropping points, and especially the game they just had, whereas we watched them struggle for the first 45 minutes mightily against Bologna, you do not want to see that happen again for multiple reasons. But the main thing being, you can't afford to be dropping points against these type of teams, especially early in the season as you're trying to get some good things going. And I mean, as as good as things were against Udinese in the opening weekend of the season, now we're kind of sitting here after the Bologna game, like kind of, you know, thoughts of last season, like, uh uh-oh. Here we go, mid-bottom table kind of team, and Juve's already dropped points against one of them. Yeah, it's been disappointing to see just how how often this this situation gets presented to Juventus, you know, a lower table team in bad form, and Juve gives them, you know, a little bit of rope, and they either get hanged by it or are only just able to to cut it before it pulls itself tight. It's um it's a very macabre <laughs> yes, imagery there, but <laughs> but every time that you know Juve are, are coming up against a, a bad team in bad form, or if a team suddenly has to throw a teenager out in goal, didn't that ha- I, I remember that happened once last year where somebody was using like their third string goalkeeper and then they they only had like five shots the entire game. Yeah. Like whenever Juve sees an opportunity is presented with an opportunity, they just make things hard for themselves. And that's what, that's what's really just so been so infuriating about the last two seasons and, and about everything else is just that Juve, this is a Juventus team that plays down to its competition and makes things a lot harder than it is. So you've got to go after teams like this, and you've got to just put them in a vice and squeeze and finish things off early, the way we did against Udinese, because the longer a team like Empoli has hope against a team like Juventus, the more likely it is that something weird could happen, that something will go wrong. And that has happened so often the last few years you know, and not just with Allegri, it happened with Pirlo too. It was Benevento. You know, remember the Benevento game when Artur decided to try to pass the ball completely across his own box. <laughs> like you just got to pounce on these guys and finish them off, and we're just not doing it. We yeah. haven't been for a long time. You know, that's the big difference between these last few iterations of Juventus and the Scudetto teams. Yeah, was that and, they would come up against the minnows and they would thrash them. Yeah, Empoli, as we're recording here, are one of the few few teams in Serie A to not score a goal this season. So, as as Sam mentioned, uh, trying to survive off the dying embers of Chicho Caputo's career really is not exactly working out well to begin the season. And let's face it, I mean, you know, we've we've seen a Juventus that played well against Udinese. They didn't create a ton of chances, but they were relatively efficient in front of goal. And then against Bologna, Chucks. Didn't exactly create a whole bunch, and outside of Dusan Vlaovic and a shot by Timothy Weah from long distance, weren't exactly uh, <laughs> weren't exactly peppering the Bologna goal by any means. 
No, definitely not. Although, I mean, at least we did, as we did discuss in a previous episode, the good thing was that it seemed like Juventus were not in this habit of, or an Allegri habit of, you know, really hunkering down and just, you know, sitting back, soaking up pressure, and then just hoping to get two or three opportunities here and there. Uh, there was definitely more intent to attack. And I'm looking to see that again uh, against Empoli, especially again with a team that is that is in such bad form. That I mean, you really have to start the game with that same kind of Udinese intent of just like, look, we're just here to win the game in the first 45 minutes and then take it easy for the next uh, the next 45. So that's really one thing you would hope to see in terms of the general intent of, uh, or the general approach to the game. And then in terms of also, I mean, just a slowly kind of transition here, um, one player I'm really looking to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention to more is again, Tim Weah, but from a different perspective. So against Udinese, he kind of left the attacking to, the wing attacking anyway, to Gambiaso. He was more involved against Bologna. So now it's like, okay, are we going to continue that upwards ascent of like, is this going to be a game where he really takes on players, you know, one, one-on-one? If Allegri is telling him to do that, I don't know if Allegri wants him to necessarily be that, you know, one-on-one type of uh, type of player, like like an Ealing Jr. Or if he wants him to be more of a quadrado where he just kind of, you know, okay, occasionally if the opportunity presents itself, try a dribble, but generally a safety first type of player or just a player just to provide an option out wide to shift the opposition defense to the other side. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of looking to see what his overall uh, strategy is with with Wea, how proactive he will have him play as the season continues uh, to, you know, to see that. Sam, do you have a player that you'll be uh, interested in as we basically start our uh, midweek episode version of takeaways? I, I got to keep my eye on Manuel Locatelli right now. Yes. Because he needs to bounce back after a really, really bad performance against Bologna. He was okay against Udinese, but it was just it was just bad against Bologna. He was giving away passes left and right. He just was he was not playing well. And he's gotta he's gotta bounce back and give Juventus something, you know, some sort of a rhythm out of that Regista spot. He's not, you know, saying that he's not a natural there has been done to death. It's true, but it's, you know, it's been done to death at this point. You know, he's gonna be there for the foreseeable future, at least this season. So he's gotta do what he did last season and and dig in and manage to, you know, come up with a reasonable, a reasonable version of of a regista, and he and next week's got to be the the start of that because we need a much better midfield play than what we got out of the midfield three on Sunday. So uh, just spitballing here a little bit, Sam. You probably had a relatively confused look on your face when as. Manuel Locatelli was subbed off against Bologna. The uh, the match announcer on the feed Paramount Plus was using was said, and I quote, very good game from Manuel Locatelli. Yeah, I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us, my friend. Yeah, I, I just I just kind of felt like, you know, is that just like your standard for when a guy gets subbed off? She's like, oh, yeah, he did well today. 
It was it was an interesting. This was something that I didn't really mention on Monday's episode. Was you know the interesting that he was pulled off for an for an attacker. Yes. Yeah, he was that, pulled that, off that for was Yildiz. new haircut and all. Yeah, but it was that was a bit of an interesting move because it looked like Allegri was going to go all out to try to win the match, and then the way the team behaved, at least for the first couple of minutes, Yildiz was on the field, wasn't that. Eventually, towards stoppage time, it was. But and it'll also be interesting to see, you know, what the substitutions are like with Max. You know, we saw probably the right substitutions, those first two, but I was a little bit, I was more than a little surprised when he came to, you know, when he he pulled out Yildiz, he pulled out Chiesa. Vlavic and Milik can work together, but when he pulled out Locatelli for Yildiz, I didn't, I, I ceased to know what was actually going on in terms of the formation and who was playing where Yeah, by that point. And was that Allegri just trying to hope for something cool to happen with a bunch of attackers on the field? Or was, was there just something that I wasn't seeing? Or was he trying to get Yildiz to play as a midfielder and just playing another dude out of position? But <laughs> um, yeah, I, it was it was an odd thing to me, and that's that's something that I want to see going forward. Because if you know, in the Udinese game, Allegri was basically had the luxury of making substitutions to give guys a rest and and give guys some you know a run out. Uh, he did not have that luxury against Bologna, and I would say he he was about fifty fifty in terms of making sense with them and making good good moves well now maybe 75 25 because Chiesa looked like he was spent so moving him off the field was probably a good idea as well but i want to see you know hope i mean hopefully that he'll be able to do what he did against Udinese again but if he doesn't I, i'd like to see what max is going to do and what the logic is going to be yeah and just kind of go on off of that a little bit It'll also be interesting to see who is still on the roster, because as we know, this game will be played on the first weekend of September. What happens right before the first week of September? The transfer transfer window window closes. closes. So it slams. (laughs) Slams. It slams shut because it is physically a door. And there's (laughs) probably a British guy since they're the ones doing all the buying, or maybe it's a Saudi guy. I don't know. (laughs) Slamming it shut. Saying thou shall not pass until January. I, I I just think of it as like a guy in the FIGC offices with like a scissor, and he cuts the phone line to the fax machine, and that's the end of the. Because they still actually use faxes for that. Knowing it's the FIGC, instead of the having them cut something instead of simply unplugging it, totally makes sense. <laughs> I sit here wearing an Italy sweatshirt, so who am I to who am I to judge the FIGC? <laughs> And anyways, uh, I will just throw in there, Dusan Vlaovic, two goals in two games. The way that Juventus attacked against Bologna, it sure would be nice to make it three and three. Uh, For both the team's confidence, Vlaovic's confidence, because as we talked about last week, he's very much, uh, he can be the emotional kind of player. And just in general, getting Vlaovic going is one of the most important things for this team. Yeah, hope, and hopefully, if Alexandro starts again, he doesn't take out any of his teammates. Yeah, that that's 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 rough. I just yeah, with with Vlavic, you know, it's good for him to be scoring a goal and op- out of open play as well. Yes. Yeah, just just get getting him on, getting him into rhythm because he looks like he's he looks like he's in a rhythm right now. 
he looks about as good as we've seen him since since the early days of his in of his time as a Juventus player. Physically, he looks much better than he did for a lot of last year. So I'll be very interested to see the other. And I guess the other X factor, as it has been for the last year now. How many minutes is Paul Pogba going to play in this game? Remind me, has he did Deschamps say he was calling him up or he was considering calling him up? I do not know. Okay, so. Oh boy, that's one of those things where it's be like Didier throw us throw us a bone here and uh, give yeah. Paul two weeks off. Well, it could go it. either way. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm fifty fifty on that. I know I said in I guess the after the first game, I think it was after the first game that you know I'd prefer to see you know Pogba and and Vajoli take the time off after uh, or during the international break. But then again, I kind of go back and think, well, maybe it's a opportunity for at least Pogba to get some match fitness and some match sharpness and yeah just to you know get a good run at like some you know competitive uh football and top level competitive football it's just such a balancing act with him because obviously like you said you want him to get the minutes you want him to get more match fitness in his legs because that means he can potentially play more for Juventus and it's not kind of the the 20, 30 minute cameos that we have been seeing basically ever since he came back and has actually been available. But there's also the other side of the coin. And I, I mean, you can technically say this for every player, but there's also every time he steps on the field, you could be looking at another two months out. So knowing how his body has been these last four or five years, where it's just injury after injury after injury and knowing how international breaks tend to go for Juventus where it seems like at least one player is coming back with some type of injury it's like okay we could do with the most injury prone guy on the roster maybe not going on international duty but that's just that's just me i don't know. you're here you're here to that. <laughs> all right yeah. well, yeah. well on chucks's uh vote of confidence we'll wrap things up for this second ever midweek episode Uh, Thank you all for listening. We always appreciate it. If you want to listen to this as well as previous episodes uh, and you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave us a nice five-star rating and a review. Uh, Follow us on social media, whether it's Twitter at Juventus Nation, uh, on Instagram or Facebook. Feel free to also follow the Fans First Sports Network at Fans First SN on the Twitter machine. So for Sam, for Chucks, for the traveling Sergio, who will hopefully be back uh, over the weekend, and for producer couch this is danny saying thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you guys after empoli next week